welcome to True Crime 365. My name is B, and uh, I'm feeling super witchy today. And it's not just because I've already recorded Martha Beck, the Taurus, uh, second installment of the Zodiac Killers uh, series. Ugh, and my microphone is not staying where I want it to be. But today I watched the trailer for The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is a new Netflix series which is coming out like late October, but it is a reimagining of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and for someone like me who is really into that witchy stuff, who occasionally does it, not as much as I used to, but because I'm so excited for this, I felt like it now is time to do like a special bonus in the middle of the Zodiac Killers series, which is covering the Salem Witch Trials. Yay! <laughs> I love the Salem Witch Trials. This, you know, obviously not happened, but the whole idea behind it, because even if you don't believe in the supernatural, even if you don't believe in any of that sort of stuff, what happened in Salem was very interesting and really quite strange. And the modern like explanations of what happened there are really intriguing to actually look at it from a modern like scientific perspective. Um, but this is what happens when there's a culmination of fear and strong religious bodies and the active ingredient in LSD. But I will go into that further on in the uh, podcast. So just to, uh, you know, set the scene a little bit, um, I will read out the Lord's Prayer, which it was used um, for people who were trying to charge a witch with witchcraft or charge a person with witchcraft, I should say, um, trying to see if they were a witch. So if you cannot recite the Lord's Prayer, you are a witch. So I would have been screwed. My mum would have been fine. Um, but it's just, you know, one of the many methods. So the Lord's Prayer goes as follows. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily... <laughs> fucked it up. Give us this our daily bread and forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. As you can see, I would have been burned at the stake like that. But the people in Salem weren't burned at the stake. There was some pretty shitty ways. All right, let's get into it. So if you don't consider this to be true crime, then you're wrong. Because this is not just like an isolated case of murder. This is a mass murder done by a society. And witch trials and um, all that sort of, you know, the fear of the occult is throughout history. There is every single ancient culture has some form of wizard or witch or sorcerer. You know, it was a way to kind of explain away the bad things that happened to you. So it was like, oh, what's that? You know, your crops have failed. A witch must have cursed you. It was kind of like a way to handball off the, um, the responsibility for a lot of your shortcomings and it's kind of like a, a method of coping with things. So, you know, oh, my, my child is sick. I must have been uh, cursed by a witch. Not the fact that, you know, you were living in a time where it was freezing cold and there was no food to go around and modern medicine hadn't been invented yet. You know, the witch trials and the persecution of uh, people perceived as witches is history, but it is also 100% 
true crime. So this is the idea of groupthink. This is a um, group ideal which turns into a mob mentality. So groupthink is pretty much when, you know, people bounce off each other and reach a conclusion that like without effort. So, you know, you go, this person's a witch and they go, okay, I also believe that person's a witch. We should kill them. Yes, we should kill them. And then it just kind of like expands from there and you get some really bad things like cults and, you know, the Jonestown um, mass suicide slash mass murder happen because of group think. So Salem Town or Salem Village, I should say, was 100% under this ideal of group think. Um, and this is, you know, this is a story of an entire town struck down by the fear of the unknown and the supernatural. And that's not just a religious thing. That's what people truly believed is that these witches walked among them. So a lot of this information is coming from a book that my partner bought for me called uh, The Witches, Salem, A History, which um, I issue for Valentine's Day, which is very sweet. So thank you, Chris, for that one. Um, but it's a really intensive book. It reads like a narrative. It is very, like... The way that Stacey Schiff, Schiff um, writes it, it's very intriguing as to see what actually happened there and how it was in, um, in Salem in that time. So without further ado, uh, in Salem Village, Massachusetts in the United States in January 1692, Minister of Salem Village, Reverend Samuel, Samuel Paris, catches word that his daughter, nine-year-old Elizabeth Betty Paris and his niece, 11-year-old Abigail Williams, are acting kind of strange all of a sudden. Um, It was reported that they hid under tables, they barked like dogs, they screamed out in pain, and as days passed with no improvement from the girls, the village doctor, Mr William Griggs, was called to see the girls. And his diagnosis um, shocked the village of Salem and set into motion a horrifying set of events. He believed that the girls had fallen victim to witchcraft. So for a doctor to make such a claim, it might seem a little bit odd to us modern day folk, but Salem Village was a 17th century Puritan settlement. And so Puritan Puritans were like more Christian than any Christians before them. They like followed the Bible so closely like the way they dressed you see like the black dresses with like the white aprons and the weird hats those were the puritans they were um they truly believed in the bible and the word of god and christianity at its very cure uh core and the puritans in salem village were like more christian than the christians that they'd come from in england so they were like they thought they were better than any other Christian. They were like, yeah, we're like the most Christian out of you motherfuckers. So we're going to go make our own Puritan village and, and start this new new world in Massachusetts. So it's not uncommon, but th- the Puritans believed in the purification of the church of England through traditional worship. So witchcraft was like a big deal. Um, in 1485, the Pope had declared witchcraft more of reality than a myth. And so that was kind of uh, where a lot of the traditional like stories of uh, witch trials comes into play. 
But Salem Village was um, under threat of attack by warring native tribes and had undergone a recent smallpox epidemic. So the morale of this of the village was really low and the risk of hysteria was like really high. So they were already vulnerable to having these attacks on their psyche. They were already scared. And so to hear that the um, village doctor had diagnosed the reverend's daughter with being bewitched, they were like, fuck, we're under attack. So when, you know, this happens, a all hell breaks loose, literally. So in February 1692, Mary Sibley, a neighbour of the Parises, instructed on... Um, Instructed by one of Reverend Paris's slaves, John Indian. That's wrong. She instructed John Indian to make a witchcraft, witchcraft cake. So a witch cake was made from rye meal and the urine of the affected girls. And then they fed it to a dog. So, it's, you know, it's a long process. Um, the idea was that the witch who afflicted the children would be hurt as the dog ate the cake, which would reveal their identity. Thing is, though, making a witch cake is 100% white magic. And so even um, with – so magic as like a thing – so modern-day quote-unquote magic, like with a K, is like working with energies and, you know, believing in the earth and your third eye and, and you know, in t- setting your intentions out into the universe in order to re- receive them. And white magic is, you know, doing good for people. So like, okay, we're going to make a – witch cake in order to find the actual witch so that they will be hurt because they, you know, they cause this pain to these girls. Thing is, it might be white magic, but it's still fucking magic, which is witchcraft in the Puritan society. So, um, unfortunately for Mary Sibley, she was frowned upon by the Puritans and Reverend Paris said during his sermon that Sibley went, quote, to the devil for help against the devil. Um, While she did not face any actual punishment, she was made to admit her errors in front of the congregation. Luckily for her, the congregation were pretty happy with her admission and her apology. So they were like, oh, that's okay. You can just join the choir. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So 12-year-olds Anne Putnam Jr. and uh, Elizabeth Hubbard became the next victims to fall to witchcraft. Along with Betty and Abigail, the girls claimed that they were uh, bewitched by Tituba, who was Paris's slave. Um, she is believed to have like a Caribbean background, and she was married to John Indian, but she was yeah, she was the Reverend's slave. Um, as well as Tituba, they claimed that Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne had bewitched the girls, and it is believed that Mercy Lewis, a servant of the Putnam home, was also affected. So Tichiba was, um, as I said, Paris's slave and wife of John Indian. She was the first to be accused of witchcraft by the afflicted girls in Salem. And it was believed that she had been showing the girls um, ways to practice voodoo, which is like with her background, um, depending on where she was actually from, which is highly debated. You know, voodoo was a part of the culture. Um, according to the girls, she told them stories of sexual encounters with the devil and controlling the minds of men and fortune-telling which sounds okay. Uh, Sarah Good. So we know that Sarah Good was born on the 21st of July in 1953 and she was a homeless beggar woman. She had an appalling reputation. She was highly dependent on other people um, and her own husband believed her to be a witch due to her bad carriage to him, which 
pretty much was like in Puritan society, the woman is second to the man. And so she was like, I fucking hate that. And so she was 100% against that. She rebelled against the Puritan values and the people of Salem Village saw that as a confirmation of her witchy ways. So Sarah Osborne, uh, she was born in 1643, no exact date, um, but she had not attended the church in nearly three years because she was really sick. Um, the girls claimed that she pinched them and prodded them with knitting needles whilst bewitching them. But it should also be noted that Sarah Osborne was in the process of a legal battle with the Putnam Putnam family, so it is very possible that Anne's family put Sarah Osborne's name into the mix for their daughter to accuse. Um you know, for political gain, as always. Each of the women who were initially accused were considered outcasts of society. They were targeted for their differences, their rejection of the Puritan ways and their independent nature. So in March 1692, uh, on the 1st, Tichipa, Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne appear in the local tavern, which is like a makeshift uh, court in this time, obviously, because... Nothing says good decisions like the local pub. Um, and they were charged with performing witchcraft on the four afflicted girls. On March 2, the first trials began and March 7 saw these three women found guilty and sentenced to prison. Shockingly, Tichiba confessed to taking part in witchcraft. She confesses in taking part in an occult ritual in which the uh, witch in which the witch cake was made, telling the court that she um, was taught the method from an old master who showed Tichiba how to ward off evil, which is like this kind of like common superstition as opposed to hardcore witchcraft. Um, she spoke of black dogs, hogs, a yellow bird, red and black rats, cats, a fox and a wolf, and claimed that she and the other accused flew around the town on sticks. Uh, in her confession, she mixed many different notions of witchcraft from different cultures, and this led the town to believe that Satan himself was walking among them. In the absence of confession, there were many other methods uh, to discover a witch. The people of Salem used a few of these methods. Um, the most common one was, as I said, to, uh, cue, to get them to recite the Lord's Prayer. If they couldn't, you're a witch. Um, another method was to dunk the accused in, uh, witch in a river. If they drowned, they were innocent. If they lived, they were a witch but they would die anyway. So it was, you know, flawless logic, clearly. It was also believed that when witches made their pacts with the devil, they engaged in sexual encounter with Satan himself and he would leave a mark on the witch, which they called witch's teats. Uh, throughout witch hunts worldwide, accused witches were forcibly stripped na naked and their bodies searched for the mark, which could be anything from a mole to an unfortunate birthmark. So if you had like a, like a weird mole on like your left butt cheek, that was a witch's teat. If you had a birthmark or a scab or something, you know, it was very confirmation bias. They were definitely looking, you know, for something that was uh, very common on people. I have a few odd moles on my arms and legs, so I would have also been fucked if they hadn't already killed me after the Lord's Prayer thing. But the hysteria began to build and build and build and build, and eventually pretty much every man and his dog was accusing someone of witchcraft. 
So on March 11, Mary Cor- um, sorry, Martha Corey, who was born either in 1619 or 1620, was accused. She was skeptical about the legitimacy of the young girl's claims, which drew attention to her. So she was accused of being a witch because she didn't believe in witches. Um, she was put on trial on the 22nd of March in 1692, and she was found guilty of witchcraft and thrown into prison. Her husband was also um, accused of being a witch because 1692 Salem believed in witchcraft equality. Anyone can be a witch. On March 24, Rebecca Town Nurse, uh, born February 21, 1621, was accused. She was a 71-year-old woman. She was accused by Edward and John Putnam, most likely um, because she had a bit of a benevolent nature. She was a bit of a nasty bitch. And Rebecca um, Nurse was also an extremely religious woman. So when she was arrested, she exclaimed, quote, I am innocent as the child unborn, but surely what sin hath God found in me unrepented of that he should lay such an affliction on me in my old age. End quote. On the same day, Dorothy Good, who was born in either 1687 or 1688, who knows, was accused. She was the daughter of the uh, already convicted witch, Sarah Good. So Dorothy was four years old and she was accused of being a witch. Um, Anne Putnam and Mary Walcott... Um, claimed the girls was deranged and bit them like uh, an animal. She was four. My niece is three. She does that. It makes sense. So I'm not going to try and put her on, you know, on trial for being a witch because she's a child and she's bored. There's nothing else to do in 1692 Salem Village. Why not bite some teenagers? Um, Dorothy herself would state to Salem officials while she was in prison that she owned a snake that her mother had given her and that the snake had uh, spoke to her and sucked blood from her fingers. Again, she was five at this time. Children make up stories. I told everyone I had a, an older sister who went to boarding school. You know, it's just the imagination running wild. She was five. She was barely a star witness. So... From April to June 1692, April saw more than 23 uh, people, sorry, saw 23 more people accused of witchcraft and thrown in prison. May 39 saw, uh, May saw 39 people join them. Increasing panic and fear had neighbour turn against neighbour, mother against daughter, father against son. On May 10, the one of the first accused, Sarah Osborne, dies in prison aged 49. May 14 saw William Phipps um, and Increase Mather. Mather. His name is Increase. You might have heard of Cotton Mather. This is Increase Mather, which is a stupid fucking name, even for 1692. Um, And they arrive in Salem Village. So Phipps is the new governor and Mather is the new minister, and they form the court of Oya and Termina, which is to hear and determine. And on June 2, they passed the first death sentence for a witch. That honour went to Bridget Bishop. She was born in 1632, and she was believed to be the local tavern owner. Um, after her third husband died on Loku, um, he had left the tavern to Bridget and she was very outspoken and uh, deliberately rejected the Puritan's code of dress. She was a tavern owner. Like she was kind of a bit of a loose woman. Um, 
But it was also found that she had a third nipple, which is a surefire sign, according to Salem Village, that she was a witch. Others accused of witchcraft, witchcraft claimed that a dark figure resembled Bridget visited them, threatening them with physical violence or drowning if they did not write their name in Satan's book. The idea of Satan's book is pretty much like you make a deal with the devil, you write your name in blood in this book, you're bound to him for life, you have sex with him and he puts like a little tick on your witch's teat and uh, yeah, you're a witch, welcome to the coven. Um, she was trialled and found guilty of witchcraft on June 2 and she was hanged on June 10. I'm going to go through the execution dates of all of the um, all of the women and men. So, <clears throat> June 10, Bridget Bishop, hang from a tree. July 19, Sarah Good, Rebecca Nurse, Susanna Martin, Elizabeth Howe and Sarah Wilds all hang from a tree. August 19, George Burroughs hang from a tree, uh, as was George Jacobs, Je George Jacobs Senior, uh, Martha Carrier, John Willard and John Proctor. Proctor. September 19, which is my birthday, uh, Giles Corey was pressed to death under stones after not entering a plea at his trial. You will remember his wife, Martha. Um, he was subject to a form of torture where pretty much they strip you naked, put you in a hole, put a heavy board over you, and then they one by one add like a shit ton of heavy stones. And so slowly it crushes the body. Um, the officials returned to uh, Giles, Giles multiple times and asked if he wanted to confess. And each time he would reply, more weight. He was 81 years old. The torture actually started on um, September 17, but he didn't die until the 19th. So for two days, he was in a hole under a shit ton of rocks being pressed to death. And still, he did not confess. This is an 81-year-old man in 1692. Not exactly the healthiest, but definitely had a uh, strength of resolve of his personality. September 22, Mary Eastley, Martha Corey, Anne Puddin... It's, her name's like Pud-Eater. Pudding-Eater. Uh, Samuel Wardwell, Mary Parker, Alice Parker, Wilmot Red and Margaret Scott were all hanged from a tree. And then those, um, there were those who died in prison. So Lydia Dustin died in, uh, died March 10, 1693. and Foster died in December 3, 1692. Sarah Osborne died May 10, 1692. Roger Toothacre, uh, died S June 16, 1692. On October 12, 1692, the body count was rising and then reality kind of starts to set in. So Governor William, William Phipps orders that no more townspeople be arrested for witchcraft. He then dissolves the court of Oya and Termina on October 22. On January, 6, uh, January 3, 1693, Court of Judicature... Uh, I'm just going to ignore those. I don't know how to pronounce them. Um, some courts, uh, they, those who, um, those remaining in prison awaiting for trial have their day in court. So those who are found guilty, um, 
are pardoned and those who are found innocent are released. But those who were pardoned will still remain in prison. Um, and in May 1693, Phipps orders those in prison for witchcraft to be released upon the payment of their prison fees if they hadn't already died in prison. So now we get to modern Salem. So after they've killed all of these people, they've put them in jail, they've died from torture, a hanging of a tree, they've been subject to this, they've been ridiculed by the town, their reputation has been ruined. This, we come to modern Salem. So now Salem town has been reclaimed by the witches. Those who practice witchcraft of all kinds now live and thrive in Salem. The town is home to many witchcraft stores and most of its tourism comes from those wanting to see memorials um, in, to those innocent people murdered by the witch hysteria. But the question still remains, what caused the initial afflicted girls to behave the way they did? Why did they have fits and throw themselves around? Were they really cursed by witches or was it something else? There are two main trains of thought here. First one, they were bored. It's 1692 Salem. There's nothing to do except go to church and then read about going to church and then maybe stare at a wall and then go to church. But another, <laughs> another uh, theory is that these girls were eating rye. Everyone ate rye. In this, in this town. It's what the, kind of what they did. They just farmed rye and, you know, burned each other. And this rye was infected by something called clavicips purpurea. I don't know. It's a fungus. And this fungus, its main chemical is the active ingredient in LSD. And uh, it, caused, it causes like a infection and it uh, makes someone have a psychological hallucination, uh, seizures and sleep paralysis. If you're older, it just gives you a bit of sense of uh, paranoia. But if you're a child and you've got this inf like infected by this fungus, it can be a lot more detrimental. It causes paranoia and hysteria. So it is possible that the whole town was infected by this fungus. Pretty much tripping on balls the whole time. Um, but this mixed with political um, and jealous motivations plus a Puritan society which thoroughly believed in the um, Christian beliefs, like to excess, um, you know, the idea that they had this unhealthy fear of the supernatural and all of these, you know, native tribes around them, you know, killing their people. There's a lot of things to panic about. And so this, all this mixed together is a recipe for witch hysteria. And this hysteria took the lives of 20 people and two dogs. Two dogs were accused of witchcraft. But modern day, we, we look at Salem and there's many TV shows and many movies about Salem and it's still kind of unclear what really happened because witchcraft and witch trials have been happening for, you know, Years and years and years, centuries of murder and centuries of, you know, of this torture and abuse for women and men accused of being witches. So it's really hard to tell what actually happened in Salem. But my money's on the LSD. And that is the Salem Witch Trials. 
So thank you so much for listening to this. Um, if you are interested, there is heaps of stuff about Salem. I really just like briefly went over everything in this short half hour of um of this podcast. So there is memorials in modern Salem, um, and they're actually like with in memory of those innocents who died during the Salem Village witchcraft hysteria of 1692. I really suggest if you are super interested in um in Salem Witch Trials to get uh, The Witch's Salem A History by Stacey Schiff. Um, and if you're kind of not that interested, but you you know want a little bit more, there's heaps on YouTube. The Salem Witch Museum in Salem um, has an awesome website with heaps of resources. This is something that has been studied over and over again and is kind of like a really good example of how a combination of things can cause such horrible tragedies. So thank you so much for listening once again. Um, follow us on well, us, me on um, Instagram at truecrime365 um, and on Twitter at truecrime365 again. Also check out the blog truecrime365.com. It's got all of the main um, articles that I've written for the podcast. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye.